Welcome to the Quantum Leopard podcast. Uh, Quantum Leopard is a multi-award winning, pay what you like, no punching down, no picking on the audience, gender balance booking, central London Saturday night of lovely comedy, and this is its podcast. Every episode will have a recording of a real live set from one of our nights and an interview with the comedy brain behind it. Uh, we have uh, videos of full shows up on patreon.com forward slash Quantum Leopard, and that's going to have loads of sets that aren't in the podcast as well. Uh, we only charge when new live show videos come out. I'm your host and MC, James Ross, and this is Quantum Leopard. This episode, we have the wonderful Ben Pope. Uh, this set was recorded on the 6th of November 2021 uh, by Anurad Oja at to Northdown. And the interview took place on the 26th of April 2023. Uh, the next five episodes, um, starting with this one, are all uh, with acts that I think of as being sort of classic openers, uh, whether they open the show on the night or not, because uh, I think openers uh, don't get enough love. Um, uh, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. And uh, Ben has an incredible knack for wordplay and gag writing. I think you're really going to find this one interesting. Um, content warnings on this set for death, uh, sex work and drugs. Uh, enjoy hello hello hi everyone how's is everyone all right yeah fine nice um yeah my name's ben it's very nice to be here uh my name is ben pope uh ben is short for benedict so my full name is benedict pope um <laughs> Which is not a joke. Um, that is my actual human name. Um, uh, not a good name for a lot of reasons. I'll never be the most famous Benedict. There's some enormous Benedicts. Pope, Cumberbatch, eggs. Um, uh, good. <laughs> Always works in the bourgeois brunch crowds. That's good. Um, uh, uh, also, if you can be nerdy about it, if you translate Benedict from Latin, uh, it means blessed. So it's like a very ancient religious name. It's like probably the most Catholic name you could possibly have. I don't think there's any more Catholic name than... Benedict. Yes, there is. Pope. Um, <laughs> just ram those two together. Most Catholic name I could possibly have. I might just be called Chastity McUlterboy. Like, that's what we're, we're working with. Hi, I'm Chastity. My wife, Rosary. Oh. And our son, Shame. Um, that's short for Seamus. Um, uh, it's, very, it's, it's really nice to be here, guys. Um, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how this is going to go. Uh, I've not talked to many human beings over the last two years. Uh, I don't, I've forgotten how. Uh, it's like, I genuinely, I, I, this became illegal last year. So, like drugs and murder. And I had to get another job. So I now work at a bookshop and I don't know how to talk to customers at all in any way. Like, they like I'm used to this as a customer relation, you know. <laughs> I talk, you laugh, money. Like that is that. That's what I'm used to. And but, so, they, but customers, they love to they love to talk. And I don't know how to talk back to them. The other day, someone came in and we finished a transaction, and they said thank you, and I went <laughs> no choice. So I <laughs> just just spewing bits of the dictionary out of my head. I have no idea. Conversational tennis is like hello, exactly. Like I have no. No skills left. Um, so I'm just going to do jokes. If you like them, laugh at them. Um, if you don't, let them wash over you like Enya. Um, <laughs> that's sort of what I'm going for. Lounge jazz is the vibe. <laughs> Loud ASMR, you know. Um, yeah, lift music, I guess. Um, or if you live in a bungalow, uh, music. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. That one's a B minus. That's fair. Um, 
yeah, so uh, yeah, my name is Ben. I I've I miss doing this a lot because it was it was a weird the last couple of years strange. Like I love this, so my, I love all the bits of doing stand up. For like you get to travel a lot, which is really fun. I'm not good at that bit uh, because I'm not a very organized person. I'm a I'm a late person, uh, as in I'm late for stuff. I'm not uh, dead. Um, <laughs> it's worth clarifying, isn't it? Because you know, it is weird when you talk about dead people and we're like, oh, the late, oh, the late John Smith. Oh, and it's like, dude, he's not coming. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> never again. Um, so I, I, no, I, but I'm, I'm late for everything. Like my brain just like doesn't measure time in the same way that only people. Like I gen if someone says to me, Ben, you've got five minutes to leave the house, my brain goes, oh, great, time for a bath and a pasta. Like there's, do you know? <laughs> It's just hard. I used to wear a watch to try and deal with it, but I had to take it off because it was too depressing. Like that is, every time I looked at my wrist, it was never good news. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was never like, oh, it was all like, ah, fuck, just every time. I might as well just had a wristband that said, run. <laughs> um, a Fitbit, I guess. Um, <laughs> or, uh, you know, that's because what a watch is, right? It's pedantic jewelry, isn't it? It's, a, it's an anal bracelet. Well, that's, that's something else, but... Um, uh, <laughs> I, no, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like, like for instance, I've never seen trailers uh, the, on the big screen. Like, that's never happened. Like, I can't, there's a 20 minute buffer zone there. That's, I'm not going on time. Why would I? I use that excuse in the rest of my life now. People are like, oh, Ben, you're gonna be late. I'm like, don't worry, that's 20 minutes of trailers. And they're like, Ben, it's a funeral. There's no trailers at the funeral. <laughs> it's not Granny 2, the scattering. <laughs> like, that's not. <laughs> I don't know if that's too much too early, but I've done it. Um, uh, 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 oh, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, no, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, on t I'm not time for anything. I, I, I had I just before the pandemic, I, I this is a good example of a, a trip that sort of went awry. I went to, uh, I went to Manchester for a gig, uh, and if you're not into Manchester, uh, it's like a more masculine version of uh, Chester, and um, <laughs> Spa. <laughs> That's a pun I'm getting away with on a technicality. Um, uh, I, w I went to Manchester and, uh, and, I w and I, because obviously it's like a five hour round trip from London, so I was like, I have to stay somewhere. So I, I, I was, went to a hostel to try and check into one. And again, if you don't know what a hostel is, a hostel, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a Freudian slip there, I said a hostile. Um, <laughs> You get the great. It's a hotel that's gone off. Um, it's uh, so I went to this place and I tried to check in. And uh, the lady behind the till, I like handed her my card, and she was like, oh, "I'm sorry, there's no money on this card." And I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, I have this one instead." And she was like, "That one is also maxed out. Um, how would you like to pay?" Because that's how we do it here. Um, and I was like, well, I'm so sorry. There's been an admin error. I have administratively forgotten not to spend all of my money. So I. <laughs> I went to like an ATM to try and like get some cash out and like and I couldn't trick the robot either. At which point it was like um, the gig was about to start that I'd been employed to do. So I had to go, I had to run off and do this gig. Um, and it was, uh, it, was, it was in a club and there was, uh, it was very much the opposite of this gig. There were two Weatherspoons work dues in. Um, I happened to be doing comedy between them. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, I, uh, and we got through it, it was fine. I was leaving and as I was leaving the venue, the promoter came up to me and like put like a, a, an envelope in my hand. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, that's your payment, that's 20 pounds. I was like, I didn't realize I was getting paid. And I was like, yes, <laughs> Pope sleeps tonight, all right. <laughs> so I took, I took it, took the 20, envelope with 20 pounds and I went off to the hostel and I was like, one room please. And that's, you know, happy ending for me. Very weird for the lady behind the till <laughs> because at 6 p.m. 
I had no money. <laughs> and then I went away for four hours. And I came back with an envelope with a crisp 20 pound note in it. What have I done in that time? Like what is, it's not everything you can think of is bad, right? Drug deal, a sex act, juggling, like that's, you know. There's no, and if it is, it's a sex act. What sex act costs 20 pounds? Like what is, I don't know the rates. Like, you know, high-fiving someone's penis. What is that? I uh, whisper a secret into someone's asshole. Like, whoa. I don't, I'm Banksy, ooh, I don't. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I'm not on time for stuff, is the point. Um, <laughs> it's the point of that bit. Um, what, what else did I want to tell you? Uh, what, uh, what, did I, uh, what, did I, what did I spend most of last year doing? Uh, mostly ex expanding the brand. That's what I've been doing. I don't know if you guys have been, I've been expanding the brand, uh, by which I mean uh, putting on weight. Um, I have really acquired some assets um, over the last year. A large merger with Burger King. Um, I, it's got, like, I know you're looking at me thinking like, oh, it's not, he's, he's fine, but you've only known me for like three minutes, you know. I used to look like this. I, I was a pencil, and now I'm a highlighter. Like, it's, do you know what I mean? I just, I feel like a goujon all of the time. <laughs> I'm like a chicken nugget in a shirt. That's what's happened to me. I looked in the mirror the other day as I was leaving the house and I just went, oh, yes, I know. Like that is where we're at now. I just, I think the problem is, uh, I, 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 I look fine, I feel bad. And it's because I'm eating all the bad foods. Uh, I've, I've really got, I love pizza so much. Uh, I, oh, so, like I love it to eat, but also conceptually. Because um, if you think about it at all times, a pizza is a pie chart of how much pizza you've eaten. And, <laughs> You can take that with you. And um, so I've been eating a lot of pizza, a lot of donuts, a lot of donuts, the least nutritious genre of nut. And, um, uh, and then I've just, I, I, have, I have tried to like salad. I really, I have like tried so hard, but it's just, it's bits. It's just bits. It's detritus. It's like rubble after some sort of vegan explosion. Like, I don't understand, it's like confetti. It's not, you can't cook, it's not a meal. You can't cook salad. If you're a chef who cooks salad, I'm sorry, you're a florist. That is, <laughs> you're a savory florist. You, I, I don't know what to say, you know? It's vegetable choreography. It's not a, you know? I, I, I just, the other day, I, I, I'll admit, very occasionally, this does happen, I ate salad and I was like, wow. Oh my, I feel full. <gasps> this is a meal. Oh my God, I've just eaten a meal. How is this? What has happened? How, that was a salad. How have I done? And then you realize it's full of cheese. That is how, full of cheese, covered in bacon, swimming in a lake of oil, enough to start a war. Like that is, and that isn't a salad. That's cheating. That's not real. That's not a salad. I'm sorry. Like if you fill a pie with MDMA and then go like, do you like the pie? Yes, I like the pie. <laughs> I love the pie. I love everything. <laughs> I love you, I love the pie, I love that little stranger over there, I'm gonna kiss for no reason. The pie can't take credit for that, is the point. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, so, yes, so I, uh, that's, that's been on my mind. The last thing that's been on my mind that I'll tell you about, I, uh, I've been, uh, this last summer, I've been to a lot of weddings. Uh, I'm 28, uh, and I don't feel it, I feel like two 14-year-old boys taped together. But I, um, 
<laughs> Not like that, madam. Um, <laughs> ripple of recognition there from the centre, I'm sorry. Um, uh, no, I, uh, I, uh, I, I just, I, I, all of my friends have decided, I'm a single man, and they have all at the same time gone, we're getting married, which I think is rude. Uh, it's a personal affront. Like, read the room, guys. And... <laughs> They've just, what it feels like is they've gone like, look, we have this beautiful love. We found love. Oh, love. And we're going to open fire on you with it. That's why, like, <laughs> we love each other. We love each other forever. We know we love each other forever. We bet 10,000 pounds that we love each other forever. It's not a, not a thing. Go away, <laughs> you know? So all of my friends who are engaged, it's like, it's like the friend you have at 3 a.m. who's like so drunk that they go like, I bet you 10 grand I can do parkour. And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's bad for your health. Um, I, uh, they're, they're, all getting, they're all getting married. And, and you know, fine. I've just been to a lot of these weddings now. And I should be into weddings. Uh, I was raised super religious, as my name suggests. Um, uh, my mum's side, Irish Catholic. My dad's side, Welsh Protestant. Uh, they came together, famous collaborators and um, poured all of their Christianity into me, a sort of super-Christian. Um, my kryptonite is pleasure. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I just, I, so I should be into it, but I don't really believe in God anymore. Like, we're, I'm, we're sort of, you know, it's, it's lapsed. It's, uh, I'm agnostic. God is like a friend of a friend now. Do you know what I mean? Like, whenever we've hung out, it's been fine, but I've heard some weird shit. Do you know, <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Don't take him to pride, like, you know, do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't like, not, not a fan. Um, he's just like, you know, because I just feel like he says that he loves everyone, and I think that's suspicious. No one, no one loves every. that's, come on, you couldn't bitch to God about anyone, could you? You'd be like, have you heard about Maria? And he'd be like, yes, and I forgive her. Oh, for fuck's sake, what's the fucking point? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't trust him. So I, uh, so I, I, I should be into these things. But I, I, went to the, I went to the most Catholic wedding I've ever been to this summer. Just like so Catholic, like mega Catholic. Like, you know, uh, all the, you know, smells and bells and chanting and like ladies in shawls, like the handmaid's tail. And like, uh, there was a, a stained glass window of a condom with a line through it. And, um, uh, <laughs> and just like babies everywhere. So many babies. Everyone was holding a baby. Everyone was holding, I was holding a baby. Like you had to, you, they were falling like fruit from the sky. Like it was... <laughs> You just had to. And if it wasn't babies, it was like a stream of children just everywhere. All these little kids just every, all around that. And they were all wearing like little dicky bows and waistcoats. And I was like, is this a wedding or a tiny snooker league? Like, what is the... <laughs> these little mini Hendries everywhere. <laughs> um, but I behaved myself, uh, even though during the service, the, uh, the priest kept using the phrase, our soul. Um, and, I, and he kept saying, our soul. And you just can't unhear that, you know? <laughs> So I, I, but I behaved myself, I didn't giggle. The one part I didn't behave myself with, though, was at the, 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 um, the drinks reception at the end, because there was the, this one piece of decoration that I've honestly, I can't, I've never seen anything like it in my life, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tell you about it, and then I'm gonna go away. Um, this decoration, okay, it was like a beautiful arch, lovely, like, archway they'd put up, and it had a lovely floral design on it, and in the middle, it had a neon sign in italics with two words. And like, it was very pretty. And you would think, you know, at a wedding, those two words could be anything, right? I love, I do, arsehole, um, <laughs> just eat. I don't know what, you know, you put it at a wedding. But the two words they'd gone for, and I'm not joking about this, this is true. The two words were, till death. <laughs> 
in neon. In italics, in ne- till death. Till death! Ah! What? That's not romantic. Those are the terms and conditions for a fight. That's... I'm gonna marry you to death. Like, that's not normal. Imagine seeing that at a wedding, just dancing to come on Eileen, and you're like, oh my god, whoa! Terrifying. Till death. Whoa. I realised it was the first time I've ever seen the word death in neon. That is a rare occurrence, you know? It's like seeing the word cunt in calligraphy. I'm like, oh, what an angry monk. Um, um, till death, the opening hours of the DFS sale. Um, I just couldn't get over it. And I was also like, what happens if they break up? Like, what if they get divorced? Like, what happens to that harrowing, cursed item? Like, you know, you can't give it away. That'll be a threat. <laughs> so you have to sell it to someone, and we assume there's only one. We assume it's purpose-built. We hope it's purpose-built. There aren't 20 of those in a warehouse somewhere. I, so you sell it. Who do you sell it to? You know, and I was like, who could functionally use one of these? And I was like, maybe your GP. <laughs> You know, the NHS needs a little jazz. So, I, you know, someone, someone comes in and is like, doctor, have you seen the results? And the doctor's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And he says, oh God, doctor, I'm so, oh, that's awful. How, how long will the herpes last? <laughs> the doctor kicks the socket into the wall. <laughs> I now pronounce you man and thrush. Um, guys, this has been lovely. You're very nice. My name's Ben Pope. Enjoy the rest of your life. Thank you. That was Ben Pope. Ben, thank you for a cracking set. That was really, really great. Um, so in terms of this show, so that was in, um, where was it? That was in April, no, not April, November, November 2021. Um, and um, how are you feeling going into this gig? Like, how was, how was the audience? Um, I remember being very warm. Uh, Quantum Lab is always very warm, but I, uh, I think I was quite nervous. Uh, I think I'm always very nervous when I open. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I was, I was nervous to, uh, particularly because I know that Quantum Lab is always like such a, a kind gig and that everyone is very like, um, uh, I don't know, they're very up for it and it's, it's, a, it's like a very safe, generous atmosphere. And so I always feel that weirdly that applies more pressure <laughs> um, <laughs> um, particularly because you feel like the, the possibility for it going badly was somehow reflect on you so much worse um yeah. so i think i was a little yeah. bit nervous um but uh, you know it, it, it was obviously a joy um, yeah it's i mean it's a it is a lovely crowd and you kind of like you do have to fuck it up quite badly in order to like <laughs> go down badly which is the thing um it's, it's, i mean it's funny you should say that you you're nervous whenever you're opening because i mean to my mind like you are pretty much like the perfect opener like if, if i had to draw my ideal opener on a bit of paper it would have like a little scraggly beard a little bit of you know tough hair <laughs> like and just you know so i mean like, it, it would be ben pope because you know you're likable you're gag heavy you're accessible you're friendly you win audience over quickly and easily like you know promoters book Ben to open you know um so I mean like with all that said I mean like I, I mean you say that you feel nervous about it are you, are you do you just feel nervous about it because there's that pressure or is there is there more to it than that I mean are there rooms where you where you feel that you struggle or um I think uh I, I think I, I I worry about opening purely because uh for all those reasons you said that I uh, very kindly that I'm good at it, um, I 
am always concerned about setting a tone for a whole gig um mm. and i take that responsibility quite seriously and and, and i you know um uh, i think it is it is important for a crowd to stick around for a show and i think it's important for a crowd yeah. to feel comfortable and relaxed and like and, and to feel confident that they're about to have a good experience and, a, and obviously a lot of that is down to your mc but when people you know your opening act it sort of feels a bit like um and you know there's that moment of just like and now <laughs> um yeah. here's the actual <laughs> here's the juice um yeah so I, I, you've got to be the juice you know um but uh i think there are there are definitely different rooms that i feel that more um acutely and less acutely um rooms that i'd play loads i obviously feel much more excited about going up for going up um there are some rooms i think i'm at a stage now where i feel mostly quite comfortable about doing most spaces mm -hmm. i definitely feel the most comfortable when i'm playing to people of around my age and of around my like political leanings and socioeconomic yeah. background mm -hmm. obviously that's pretty you know i guess that's fairly obvious but it does it does strangely it allows you to relax in a way to, just to know that the references you're going to make and the um it gives you a kind of looseness that i think is you can't replicate whereas when i'm you know doing a village hall and um in surrey you do have to sort of just you have to remember to put on a show um yeah. <laughs> you can't just yeah. give people <laughs> raw pope you have to uh yeah um, yeah you have to give them the refined pope, a little... like yes, exactly. yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, um... measured, measured pope, measured doses of pope. But I'm um, just in terms of um, your sort of opening section. So you know, you uh, you know, tick off a lot of the boxes. You address your name in a way that is uh, nicely memorable. Uh, you have some nice little bridging jokes, nice one-liners, bit of like teasing of the audience as a uh, the bourgeois bunch brunch crowd. Um, and that's like that's a lot of jokes to pack into like a very tightly what feels like a very tightly timed first minute. So I just wondered if you kind of like if you structured it on purpose so it's uh, that block of time, like the first kind of like minute is um, name intro. So uh, one-liners, gag, gag, gags. Um, and uh, have, you, have you done that on purpose with that time segment um, so that you can then kind of use that as a jumping off point for other topics? Or Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> that little minute at the beginning is, a, is hewn in the fire of open mic comedy. <laughs> like that was a... <laughs> Yeah. a real segment that I worked on when I was younger and you had to, you know, you, I didn't have confidence when I was younger, yeah. which I do have now, which allows people to immediately relax. Whereas when you're younger, you have to be like, to come on stage and be like, I am this, I'm telling yeah. you I'm this, I promise I'm this. Um, <laughs> so that's what I'm doing there. And also you're trying to, I was trying to prove that I could write jokes yeah. just one after the other. Um, and I, I honestly, I do still look back at that bit and think, gosh, that was probably the some of the tightest writing I've ever done. Because <laughs> um, it is just, you know, it's it, each line works quite nicely as a, a self-contained thing. And I, I was, yeah, pleased with that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, like, it, it feels like that that is, um, you know, that is that is a first minute that would, um, I mean, not on its own, but it would facilitate beating the frog, right? Like, you know, it is... Yes. 
yes you know it, it will get you through over that um first hurdle with uh with an audience that is perhaps mm. primed to be a little bit skeptical which i think is really nice i mean you lean into like your lateness um a lot as a, a, a like a, a sort of a lovable foible that you could be self-aware about which i think really feeds into the sort of atmosphere that you're trying to build as an opener like you're being charming you know you're being sort of non-threateningly bad at stuff um so i mean like do you do you do that segment when you um when you middle when you close or is that something that is uh, meant to make you like more approachable and is only something that you project when you're opening um i would definitely do it if i was in middling i would be okay. less likely to do it if i close i think it mm-hmm. is part of the, my general persona that that sort of yeah disorganized most of my entire everything i've ever written is mostly fits into the mode of uh ben is bad at doing things here are some examples um <laughs> and so uh it does yeah it is part it's just part, it, you know it does f- often fall into my set i use it a lot with emceeing as well if i'm ever emceeing yeah. and someone is late it gives me an opportunity to look very spontaneous and suddenly have five <laughs> minutes of late material. I mean, that kind of leads me into it quite nicely. I mean, like, how does the version of yourself that you play on stage differ from how you are in real life? I like, because, I mean, this is a question I ask a lot of comedians because there is there is the version of yourself that you play that is usually not entirely divorced from who you are. But, you know, there is uh, obviously, a, you know, the, the version that you project is, is a simplified version. Like, how how late and non-threateningly bad at stuff <laughs> are you in real life, I suppose? Like, how, how much is there is the bumble uh, an act and actually you're a coiled viper <laughs> yeah no i'm a snake i'm a complete snake <laughs> um, it's all it's it's boris johnson levels of uh, of performance <laughs> theater um, i mean you do no, have floppy I, hair so i mean there's that commonality I, but truly during the during lockdown i didn't have a haircut for about something like nine months and i went out and i one day i was i went to the grocery and the guy behind like at the in the off license was like oh look boris johnson ha 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 as a joke and i went home and i was like someone shave my hair off right now it's um, <laughs> absolutely galling um, um but yeah no i i went certainly in my early 20s and i well well into my mid 20s i was truly useless at doing things I were yeah. really disorganized, uh, incapable of looking after myself, really like, I mean, loads of the, the Manchester story is just true. There's just like, no, you know, and there were so many other kind of similar stories of me going to gigs and not really just getting on a train and praying and not really knowing what the hell I was going to do. I have a very yeah. long story that I want, I want to do at some point on stage about going to Swansea on a five-hour coach and getting coming, having to stay in Swansea until three in the morning and go uh, clubbing on student night uh, in order to get a 3 a.m. coach back from Swansea the same evening to go to work the next day. And I've never, I'd like never go to nightclubs ever. And it was just me and about a thousand 18-year-olds. And it was the most awkward I have ever been in my entire life. <laughs> just so many of those stories. Um, I'm much less like that now. I'm much more, you know, I remember hearing Alice James talking on a podcast about how like you get a bit older and suddenly it's the stories kind of dry up a bit because suddenly you do need to know where like your passport is and, you know, know know where your vital documents are and all this sort of stuff. Um, 
So I'm much less like that now, but it is the persona. So it does, I don't know, it leaks into some things, I think. Do you, do you still have a fondness for that time and that version of yourself? Or are you a bit like, oh God, I'm, I'm glad that I have um, pupated from that terribly disorganized chrysalis? Um, I don't miss the stress of being late for things and losing things all the time. Yeah. That, I think, has truly taken years off my life. I think that has... <laughs> I think I have... I'm going to... My blood pressure has, has sort of roller-coasted wildly over the course of the last decade. But, yeah, there's definitely... I sort of miss the kind of the mad freedom of being younger and not really worrying about the consequences as much. There was a sort of... It was, I mean, very foolish, but there was a sense of when I wasn't doing as much work and when it didn't seem to matter as much and I wasn't getting paid as much. So sort of everything was sort of up for grabs, really. You could sort of... But I think maybe that's just rose-tinted spectacles to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like, is it sort of the... Um, uh, I suppose the way in which material circumstances have become more difficult and more challenging and the stakes have become higher, not just because like life has just objectively become more difficult, but as you've mm. scaled up your own ambition, is is that what's kind of like forced you down that path? Yeah, I think so. I think that to a certain extent with gigs and things, you have to, you have to turn up and do a good job. <laughs> um, yeah. And also after a while it becomes embarrassing to be like, when people go like, what are you doing after you've done the gig? And you go like, well, I'm going to, see if I can possibly get a hostel bed, but I don't have any money or, you know, it becomes a bit more of a kind of like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Um, uh, and, and yeah. And also, you know, you get older and, and it becomes tiring and all you have, you know, you have other responsibilities, you know, I, um, I have family and you just have to, you have to, you have to be, you have to be around rather than being kind of, uh, it, it becomes perhaps a selfish thing after a while rather than a yeah a free yeah. A freeing creative thing it becomes a bit more um uh uh yeah self-centered i think to be yeah it's very easy the... to sorry you go oh no i was gonna say the, the rock and roll lifestyle tips over into being like just a little bit too self-indulgent after a while that sort of thing yeah 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 it's yeah. boring as well sometimes it's really yeah. nice being on top of things <laughs> <laughs> Very satisfying, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, I, um, right, moving on. There's um, a bit here that I really like. There's, there's um, a really, a really excellent um, grouping of words. Granny to the scattering. Now, I think mm. that's just a phenomenal uh, little bit of writing. That's four words that fit together wonderfully. So, um, now I, I'm, I want to know with that one. Like, did you get this punchline and work the sequence back from there, or did you set up the scenario and end up brainstorming the answer? Like, which came first here? Is it, is it chicken or egg? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I can't quite remember, but I'm pretty sure it was. I came up with the premise first, uh, yeah. and then just you know, a gift from the gods brainstormed some answers, and that one was the one yeah. that stuck. Um, it's a really, I, to be honest, looking back on it, it's it's a really good um, example for me in my own writing when I'm thinking of new things. It's a good thing to go back to uh, to remember that it's worth trying lots of different versions because I did try lots of different versions or I definitely oh, wrote okay. lots of different versions. Um, yeah. And I wrote or, or I wrote that one and I wrote loads of tags and 
And I think it's the kind of joke as well that kind of, if it wasn't perfect, or well, it's not perfect, but if, if it wasn't like just right, if it wasn't those combination of yeah, words, yeah. it would probably be quite cliche, probably be quite, ha- like we've yeah. all sort of heard versions of that joke before. Um, maybe not quite with, you know, a funeral, but like we've heard like, you know, the sequel joke that's been that kind of joke's been around yeah. since the 90s you know so it's just yeah getting the right series of words just so it just pops perfectly was yeah um i mean and i won't say it was it was it was lots of hard work sometimes these things just occur and you just go well oh, great i'm doing that now i was also surprised by the audience's reaction to it i wasn't quite sure whether it was good or not until i said it out loud and then it suddenly mm-hmm. got this like really nice response from people so you start going okay well that's they've ordained it so that's good apparently. <laughs> um, so what sort of um i don't suppose you remember any of the the lines the, the alternative versions that didn't make the cut are there any that you cut out for reasons other than they just didn't get a laugh they got i think i cut them because i was trying trying to add a tag and then i was writing with some friends and they said no, you've got it already. Like the punchline yeah. is Granny to the Scattering. You don't need any more. There was one that yeah. was like, it was like a kind of movie tagline. So it was something like, um, this time it's going to hearse or something like that. It was like, <laughs> it, it was like so bad. And suddenly you realize I was just like, oh, if it's bad, it's just a bad pun. But if it's yeah. good, it's excellent. <laughs> it's so like yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the margin of, 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 error there is so high um, yeah is that what i mean you know what i mean the the gulf i know what you mean, but I mean, yeah, I mean yeah exactly yeah 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 i mean I, I, the secret i think with that one is knowing when to stop and it looks like you worked out when to stop which i think is the the important thing cool um so i i think i very much think of as being a sort of a, a ben pope motif is um like over explaining something as a bridging joke uh and that'll get you a, a small laugh when you're partway through a story or a longer segment now um i uh i like do you build these in from the start um as in like you know where the story's going and then you think okay how can i over explain this bit how can i over explain this word here this idea um or do you kind of like have a sort of a uh, a, a, a notebook full of okay this is how i ever explain manchester or hostels or whatever it is and then slot those in as you're writing like which which leads that that process it tends to be i have the story first and then yeah i realize that there isn't enough meat on the bones of the story so <laughs> there needs to be more jokes you know ex- exactly as you say like small things to just tide people over until we get to like a structural narrative point that's funny um and also, they're the most satisfying. They're the thing I love to write the most. I love yeah. little definition gags, little bits of like linguistic play or like an image that's really silly. Summary gags, you know, the hostel one of just being able to be like, it's a hotel that goes off. It's like it's like four words, yeah. four or five words. It it's like it doesn't quite make sense. It's like a weird lyrical yeah. poetic thing, and it just. And it sits there, it gives everyone a little sort of um, bit of almost like observational comedy very quickly uh, so that they, they feel comfortable with you going on to, to more, to yeah, more yeah, yeah. story. Um, yeah, I love, I love those. 
Yeah, they're really good. I mean, they're an excellent way of like keeping up the gag rate, which I think is a lot of thing, uh, something that uh, a lot of newer comics, I think, really struggle with. Like they've clearly got a story that is good and the basic arc of it works, but they they take too long to get there and they don't have enough like stops at the service station on the way for, you know, mm. a, a drink and a sweet and a wee um, and all of this um, before they get to kind of the, the end of it. And I think it's a really nice uh, way of you kind of like, I oh, just showing off basically of like, ah, look, I can do these <laughs> puns as well. Um, I think of him as being like the sort of the, the twiddly bits on like a, like a Rococo church. You know what I mean? It's like, here's a little, yes. here's a fiddly bit for Jesus. You know what I mean? Like we're just oh, going to make it. It's, it's not, it's not structurally necessary. <laughs> that's how i'm gonna think of them forever now yeah. a little bit for jesus yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah i um i mean this i mean i suppose that kind of leads us on reasonably neatly to the um the kind of the, the religion bit so i mean like mm. um i mean you talk about um you talk about weddings um which is a really nice mm. like relatable bit like everyone's been to a wedding at our age mm. everybody is sick of weddings um apart mm. from the weddings for anybody that i know whose wedding i've been to is listening to this because their wedding was the best wedding and then there's one that throws all the other weddings into the shade um but then after that you kind of you you segue into more personal stuff about religion then you circle back to the weddings so there's a lot of sort mm. of um there's a there's a sort of like theological opinion that you kind of smuggle in there about not believing in a believing in a god that's like all loving and all merciful and i just wondered if like mm. is this a serious opinion that you're you're smuggling in here like are you trying to convey it as a message or just use it as material is it a little bit of both because this is like this is like this is serious pope business i this feels like mm. and that's a bit <laughs> yeah, of a departure yeah. for you not a fiddly bit for jesus a, a real um mm. uh, a serious th- this bit is for a, jesus. A, a structurally relevant buttress for jesus i think yeah. we'll go with that <laughs> buttresses for jesus um yeah i uh uh it's a bit like fathers for justice isn't it um anyway i um (laughs) (laughs) i i don't think it's a message as such i'm very uh, i'm kind of allergic to making too many sort of points in a Mm. Uh, mostly particularly about religion because i feel like it's been done to death you know Mm. there was such the kind of atheist comedian boom has been and gone and and we're out the other side now um yeah and i i would hate to retread that ground um i it's definitely something i probably think you Mm. know and and it sets the scene for the wedding to come which is like intensely catholic and it gives a bit of explanation of how i a end up there because i you know have things have a background in religion but also think about it regularly and you know have my problems with it Mm. so it allows me to sort of sit as a kind of the outsider in and does a little bit of explaining as to my Mm -hmm. position in, in in the wedding to come um but also, yeah, I guess it was me playing around with how, how do I actually feel about religion? You know, I, I, I'm 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 now currently writing a show that is or working on a show that is um, entirely about those two things. It's about weddings and uh, love and uh, making commitments, and then also about how I, my sort of agnosticism and latent Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've just been doing a lot of thinking about how do I actually feel about this? Is there a way of me explaining my thoughts about it that isn't in a way that's not hacky or um, cliched, but is also like personal 
and still fun. And so that bit there is possibly one of the um, kind of larvae <laughs> thoughts <laughs> that has gone into the show I'm currently working on. Given that this was cool. a gig from 2021, so, so you you are writing a, a show that has got that has got themes in it. I mean, that sounds like this mm. is a, a bit of a, a gear shift for you. Is this um, has something happened to your life or to your outlook that has made you want to uh, em- embrace the sort of the, the broader topics and the the grander themes here? Yeah, I guess I I think it was more a case of I found I had lots of material about mm. those things. I have I have a ton of wedding stories. Um, and I have a fair bit of like religious material and stuff. And I realized I just had a few set pieces that were digging into those things. And you know that you're thinking about something a lot when you're writing material about it yeah. because it it's, or at least I do, cause it, it forms like a, I don't know, it's a, it's a vessel for I, all of that stuff leaks into it. And you realize you, you've, you've been fixating on something because you're sort of trying to solve it with jokes um so i i yeah i sort of realized that those things were things i I thought about a lot and 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 i just wanted to kind of draw together a bit more of an argument i think when i'm doing like a club set like this you know i'm doing 10 or 20 minutes of just jokes it does feel i try and do you know best bits or things that are gonna that i know are gonna work and that i'm excited about making people laugh so it does sort of zigzag all over the place you know um but it's much more i think I don't know when you're doing a longer set it's so much more exciting building building on the same themes on the same coming to the same ideas again there's a kind of richness to that that it's it's difficult to get into a, a like a 10 15 minute set I think yeah 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 um yeah so um I would continue on the kind of religion theme like the sort of the till death bit um now i i really like this bit as well so i mean my reading of this is that you saw that in real life and that set you going with other ideas and so you wrote some new bits that span off from that and worked in other bits about religion and aging and end up with this sequence like how accurate is that and like is this is this one of the bits that's forming part of your larger show on this sort of topic it is it's it's yeah. in the first third of the show um uh-huh. and it's a very n- neat thing to call back to because those words till death obviously come up <laughs> quite a lot and in various <laughs> forms of irony so um uh yes and the the way that it's come about it's a frankenstein bit really um okay in that i actually did not see it in real life my sister saw it at a wedding <gasps> right um, okay uh but I we talked about well, she told me about it and I immediately went please please let me write a bit about that because that's so <laughs> funny and then also I sort of feel a little bit of ownership over it in that um, she was working for a wedding catering company uh, which is where she saw it she was sort of serving cannabis and I ah, used to work for that okay. company so I did like right. you know, throughout my teenage years and most of my a lot of my twenties I did like weddings as a waiter so we both sort of have done time and shared a lot of those <laughs> stories so um uh yes so she saw that and then i kind of i i mushed it together with a wedding i did go to which was incredibly like catholic and and very like uh, imbued with ritual and in which yeah. the priest did keep saying our soul and um and so so i uh, yeah so that was a real like bringing together stuff and then the other stuff about aging and religion again was just it was yeah they're sort of bolt-ons really um yeah yeah so it's a real piece of piece of collage that that um story but that's the fun bit that's the writing 
process yeah. that I really enjoy is like seeing how you can make a an actual like clear story out of all these things that you've sort of peat bogged together just slowly <laughs> squished into a um, a single entity. I mean, do you, I, I mean, the way I tend to write these things is that I will, um, like I've got a, one single massive document um, and then a bit of an inbox that I kind of like scatter stuff in as well. Um, and then, you know, when I know that I'm writing a bit about thing X or thing Y, I will have a search for thing X and thing Y within that. Or if I'm feeling mm-hmm. stuck for ideas, I'll go back and I'll, I'll look at some of these bits here and see if that is inspiration for a longer bit and blah, blah, blah. And that's certainly like mm-hmm. where I'll go for bridging jokes as well. I mean, do you have that in a, a consolidated physical form or is it just like, okay, well, I'm going into my mind palace stroke mind shed and I'm just going to see what's on the shelves. <laughs> um, it is a shed over a palace for sure. Um, <laughs> Um, no, I, I I have a big notebook, um, and it all it's all written down. Really, I work much better doing stuff by hand, um, yeah, than doing it. I can't. I like occasionally I make notes on my phone, but I actually really hate that because I, mm. I don't like putting my creative things in my phone because my phone is like a tool, and I want it to remain a tool. And I actually quite like having the kind of mental mind map. I do lots of arrows and stuff. Um, yeah uh, and then yeah so a lot of it is physical there and then but a lot of the connections get made on stage so i'll be talking about something and i'll realize oh i have like a you know i'll feel i'll feel an on stage a pressure to describe you know a hostel or whatever it is yeah in order to like i can i because i feel oh gosh i haven't actually done a joke in a while (laughs) um (laughs) and then you reach back into the abyss and your hand goes oh we have something on that say that quick yeah. say that you know <laughs> um and then and then it becomes part of the bit of yeah it's nice. I find I, I'm. I often find myself in similar sorts of situations, and it's like, okay, yeah, what is there? What is there in the mm. the abyss shed? And it's you reach mm. back, and it's like, yeah, it's like your lizard brain is doing the thinking for you. Like you don't, mm. you don't know that you know the answer to this, but actually, you do have the secret was inside yourself all along, which I find is like quite reassuring when you when you get to that yes. point. Yes. Um. Yeah. So uh, we've got a question from um one of the uh, our quantum method regulars, uh, one of our badge holders, mm. uh, from um Sarah, who um wants to know if you found anything useful and interesting about your postcard project so um that might not mean anything to a lot of people so perhaps if you could explain a little bit about what the postcard project was uh and then uh, whether you found uh anything interesting or useful uh, from it um it uh was a project that i started doing during the first lockdown um pretty soon after we were locked down actually um as i think lots of people were i was scrabbling around um, for some thing <laughs> to think <laughs> or be or do. Um, and um, uh, I, I basically, I collect postcards quite sort of um, feverishly. And um, I was clearing out a load of stuff and I found a load, I have so many like shoe boxes full of these things. And I thought, you know, in the sort of, um, uh, the lack of communication everyone was having, people wanting something physical, people wanting mm-hmm. a bit of connection. Um, and I had all these things and was like, maybe I can get rid of these uh, in the most expensive way possible. I decided <laughs> to, um, yeah, just send a postcard to anybody. And I put out like a call on Twitter and on Facebook and 
elsewhere just being like if you'd like one i will send you a random postcard and it'll have something on it so it'll be a poem or a haiku or a quotation or a puzzle or a, a secret or a, um or nothing or nonsense or whatever <laughs> um a bit of collage or whatever and so i just i did all of these things and it became a kind of i did one most mornings and i just you know people sent me their addresses and i was I'd send them off. And I think I did two batches in the end. I think I did a load at the beginning of the first lockdown and then a load in the autumn. Mm. Um, and they were, some of them, I got I got a response from most people, I think, mm. um, mm. in some form, whether it was just, you know, lots of people sent postcards back, which was really nice. Um, and lots of people just messaged me or sent me a, text or an email or something or put it on social media or whatever um and it was really it was very rewarding i haven't creatively juiced it yet i don't think if there's anything from it that i have you know um it hasn't made its way into like stand up or my writing in a big way at all mm-hmm. but I, but actually i kind of i think that's sort of fine i found it like a uh, I mean, we talked about this a little bit just before we started recording. It was such a leap of faith to send people my address yes. and for them to send them to me. So it, it was, you know, there was a lot of trust involved and I was really rewarded with just loveliness. You know, people were sending me recommendations for things or they'd send me poems that they liked or quotations that they liked or or even just a life update, you know, from people I didn't know often. And, and it actually... Yeah, yeah. It was a real, it was a, um, it became a kind of a repository for, uh, yeah, just a bit of humanity that was really lovely at a time when we all felt quite kind of, I think, cut off from that kind of thing. Um, what it did not do was deal with the problem of me having too many postcards because <laughs> uh, lots of people sent postcards back. So I, I then felt actually quite kind of uh, possessive over and did not want to throw away. So if anything, it kind of, I don't know, locked in <laughs> the problem. Um, but it was, it was a nice thing. It was a nice thing. Um, yeah it is really lovely i mean i think uh, it's interesting that you said that you've not like juiced it for material i think i think sometimes it's nice um like there's there's i think pressure as a performer to like milk every part of your life for material like you know the process of going out and having a life is um you know that is a uh you know you live a life in order to generate material and everything in your life needs to be viewed through that lens and i think sometimes it's nice to just have something that is like that is just for you that is that sort of you know that personal connection that is not something that you need to Mm. materialize in that way um and it sounds like that's something that you kind of like you sort of you know achieved or that's probably the wrong verb but you know something you've done with this as a as a project which is um it's really really nice um yeah so um last question if there's um anything that you could say to yourself at the age of 18 what would it be um i would say to my 18 year old self please ask mum how to use the washing machine properly because (laughs) shortly after you did this set in 2021 you put that delightful jumper you were wearing in the washing machine and you shrunk it and you now no longer fit into it and it's such a nice jumper 
and you are an idiot and you, you should have looked after it better. <laughs> 18 year old self could have, should have taken a bit more, uh, um, bit more care of his clothing <laughs> it is it is a very nice jumper uh, if anybody wants to uh, see what that jumper looks like and um, the uh, video of the live shows uh, is available along with all the other live shows that we've recorded uh, on patreon.com forward slash quantum leopard um uh, rates start at a pound and uh, we only charge when new uh, videos of live shows come out and you also get early access to uh, the uh, podcast episodes which is all very exciting thank you ben for accidentally giving me that very good opportunity for a plug ben does look very nice in the jumper uh if you're uh, a fan of uh, uh, scruffy, but like with uh, a, a nice, nice, nice jawline, then uh, very, very huggable in that jumper. I think he's a very comforting presence. Um, so that's that's go for that. That's my, that's my I'm advice. I'm blushing. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay cool um so uh ben um if people want to keep up with your stuff um and uh catch you um catch up with you where should they track you down um the best places are my website which is benpopecomedy.com and my instagram which is at popes benedict uh that's popes plural um because it's like eggs benedict but popes benedict which is when you (laughs) cover a pope in hollandaise um uh and then also, if you want to watch some more of my things, you can go to YouTube, um, and I have a full comedy special on YouTube called Mr. Big Stuff, um, which is 50 minutes of material um, and uh, has been watched quite a lot of times, but mostly in America, not in the UK, weirdly. <laughs> the algorithm has flung it around, um, but to all the wrong people who will never buy tickets for my things. So please do um, uh, do watch that. Hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, I will also have an album version of that. You can probably oh, buy cool. Bandcamp. Um, but yeah. yes. It is a it's a super lovely show. Um, it's well worth tracking down. It is uh fifty minutes of like really excellent, very funny jokes. Um, and it's uh yeah, it's a, it's a lovely warm hug of a not quite but nearly an hour. Uh, it's a really really good show. So do track that down. Okay, love yourself. Uh, well, thanks so much, Ben. It's been uh, lovely chatting and thank you for a lovely set. And uh, we'll see you around. Thank you so much, James. What a treat. <laughs> right, bye. Bye bye. was the quantum leopard podcast uh, if you want to catch a live show in london look us up at uh, linktree uh, forward slash quantum leopard to sign up to the mailing list uh, we will never take advertising because advertising is cultural poison but from each according to their ability to each according to their need so if you enjoyed our guests in your ears but would like them in your eyes as well uh, we have uh, videos of whole shows up on patreon.com forward slash quantum leopard we only charge when a new live show video comes out if you enjoyed the show why not give us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and or share this episode on the socials editing was by uh, Reese Lawton who is uh, conventionally attractive and fun at parties uh, music was composed and produced by Rooks Production Services at, at I am Rooks on the socials that's Rooks with an E uh, the Quantum Leopard podcast is distributed and licensed under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license which means you can share it as much as you like but don't uh, change it or sell it in any way because I will find out where you live uh, kind love and see you soon bye yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to let a cat out of this room, otherwise I'll have no carpet. One second. Um, oh, sure. <laughs>